Welcome to the Jambase Podcast, a proud partner of the Osiris Media Network, the podcast network for music. I'm Scott Bernstein, and on this episode, you'll hear my interview with the members of Tank and the Bangas. I spoke with the core four members of the band over a video call about Red Balloon, an excellent new Tank and the Bangas studio album that arrives tomorrow, May 13th, by a Verve forecast. Stay tuned for my chat with Tank and the Bangas. But first, a word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 offers a diverse range of quality Grateful Dead, Donut Pattern, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, and other music-related apparel. In honor of the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead's historic Europe 72 tour, Jambase is taking a retrospective look back at each of 22 performances that took place between April 7th and May 26th. The series launched in partnership with Section 119. Celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Grateful Dead 72 European tour with Section 119's limited edition hoodies. Section 119 dug deep into the archive of the Grateful Dead to build 22 unique hoodies with the actual amazing artwork from each show of the tour. Section 119 is only offering 72 pieces inspired by each show. Premium quality hoodies that are available for a limited time. 50 days, 22 shows. Relive the long, strange, amazing trip it must have been. England to Denmark, West Germany, Paris, France, Amsterdam, and then heading back to England to wrap up the tour. Experience the music in every hoodie. Visit Section 119 at section119.com. That's S-E-C-T-I-O-N 119.com to explore their full Grateful Dead 72 European Tour Limited Edition Hoodies collection. Billy Strings had one hell of a week since our last episode. While the guitarist was born and bred in Michigan, he's called Nashville home for the past few years. Strings held court at the Ryman in Nashville for a sold-out three-night stand at the venue this past weekend. Billy was joined by special guests each night. On Friday, Strings went without a set break and instead teamed with guitarist Brian Sutton for a short duo set. Billy called Sutton a huge inspiration as a guitarist, and I think the same could be said for Billy's special guest on Saturday, Bob Weir. Weir came out at the beginning of Saturday's second set to duet with Billy on Wake Up Little Susie and Dire Wolf. Then, the rest of Billy's band emerged for the rest of a set filled with Grateful Dead classics such as Cassidy, Help on the Way, Wharf Rat, and To Lay Me Down. Bobby also joined the quartet for the evening's Broke Down Palace encore. Billy told the crowd, It sure was fun to play a bunch of dead music with you, Bobby. We've never done a whole dead set before. Bobby got a great response, which was, I have. Sunday's finale saw Ronnie McCurry add to five songs within the first set. Then, Primus bassist Les Claypool came out to join Billy and his band for the Primus Classics Over the Falls and John the Fisherman, as well as on the John Hartford cover, All Fall Down, to end the frame. As if that wasn't enough, Bob Weir returned for Mama Tried, Dark Star, and Samson and Delilah during the second set, before Marty Stewart augmented Billy and his band on a few songs. The night and the run ended with a Will the Circle Be Unbroken, featuring McCurry, Stewart, and Weir. Yet another example of Don't Miss a Sunday Show. 
Billy wasn't done with the Ryman yet, as he returned the favor to Claypool by sitting in with Primus at the legendary venue on Monday night. Strings added to Over the Falls and Lee Van Cleef in the middle of the trio's first set. I love watching Billy live out his dreams. It's been quite a ride for the guitarist over the past few years. Strings was also among artists who announced tour dates over the past week. Billy revealed cities and dates for fall shows with venues to be announced soon. Blackberry Smoke, Death Cab for Cutie, Smashing Pumpkins, Bonnie Raitt, and Arcade Fire are just a few of the other acts who confirmed upcoming tour dates. Head to jambase.com for recaps and videos from Billy Strings' Wild Weekend at the Ryman and tour dates from the artists I just mentioned. As noted, Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, and I'm proud to have contributed to Season 3 of Osiris Fish Podcast, Undermine. This season is devoted to Fish's Baker's Dozen residency. The band played 13 shows at Madison Square Garden in the summer of 2017 and didn't repeat any songs. Three episodes have been released as of this recording, with new installments due each Wednesday. Listen to Undermine on the podcast platform of your choice. All right, now let's get to my interview with Tank of the Bangas. I spoke with the core four members a few weeks back. Tank Ball, Albert Allenbach, Josh Johnson, and Norman Spence were spread around their hometown of New Orleans when we connected on a Zoom call. The Fantastic Red Balloon is the follow-up to 2019's Green Balloon, and I had to ask about the band's fascination with balloons. Tank then discussed how a number of songs on the LP came together in the studio once the band felt the vibe of the rooms. The group started work on Red Balloon in New Orleans and also recorded at Earth, Wind & Fire's old studio in Los Angeles. Alan Back explained how the group became much more comfortable in the studio this time around, while Tank added the pandemic led band members to be more patient with each other and with the producers as they were just so excited to get back to work. Talk then turned to the sequencing of Red Balloon. Josh and Tank revealed a lot of time went into determining the order for the 16 tracks as they listened to many different variations before settling in on the final sequence. Tank of the Bengals worked with multiple producers on Red Balloon, including Austin Brown. Ball had a great conversation with Brown that led to the pair writing Stolen Fruit. Tank shared the story of how the track came together and why it's such a special song to her. Ball also discussed the need for Tank of the Bangas to be honest and truthful in their music, and gave the example of Mr. Bluebell, a song that was, res- that was penned in response to the United States Capitol attack. Red Balloon features a bevy of special guests. Tank explained how Wayne Brady got involved in the project, while Josh Joe Questlove contributed because he lost a drum battle to him. Additionally, Albert spoke about what Trombone Shorty brought to the project. Other topics discussed were playing Red Balloon songs live, performing at Wilco's Sky Blue Sky Destination event, and why the band wished they had more time to set up and get comfortable at Jazz Fest. Listen to my interview with Tank and the Bangas, which we'll lead into with a bit of the Red Balloon track, No ID. You have been knocking, but I, I won't let you in. You read the sign before, you can't come in. You cannot browse my eyes, I'm not open And furthermore, you need to show Who is this stranger? Who is this mystery man? You ain't no neighbor, you ain't no friend You are not welcomed inside, you cannot sit in 
rather still and take what others work for. But I'm not on this door. I got what you need, but you're gonna have to work for this blush. This is Scott Bernstein, and I'm joined by members of Tank and the Bangas. Would you each please introduce your lovely selves to our audience, starting with you, Albert? Hey, this is Albert. I play saxophone and flute in Tank and the Bangas. Josh? of Tank and the Bangas. I'm Tank, and I play by voice. <laughs> <laughs> What's good? It's Josh. And I'm the drummer and the musical director for Tanking the Bangers. What's kitty? Terrific. Thanks again for, for joining us. And uh, Tanking the Bangers have a fantastic new studio album, Red Balloon, coming out on May 13th. And Red Balloon follows the band's last LP, Green Balloon. So what's the fascination with balloons? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that um, when I first was coming up with the concept of the balloon, I think it just sounded whimsical to me. Yeah, it sounded fun. It sounded airy. It sounded light and um, just just curious, you know, um, and I and like a lot of my poems, I, I pretty much make it make sense later for myself. You know, it's not like all the time when you're writing, you know exactly the story you're about to tell. But so far, I've really loved the story that um, that Green Balloon and Red Balloon has has told. Excellent. And we're, at, we're also joined, I, I believe, by Norman um, from Tank and the Bangas. How's it yes, going, Norman? Yes, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Excellent. And uh, would, would you just introduce, we, we uh, had the other members just introduce themselves and, and talk about the instruments that they play in the band. If you do the same for us, please. Yes, no problem. Um, I'm Norman Spence from Baltimore. I play mostly keys, but I also play a bit of bass, guitar. Um, also trying to learn these horns, <laughs> but uh, I, I get around a little bit and I just like to make music, good music, you know, for the most part. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. And, and now we have all four core members of the band. So that is excellent. So when did work on Red Balloon start? Red Balloon felt like it honestly started years ago because the moment we made Green Balloon, we knew that Red Balloon would be a double disc type situation. But instead, we thought, let's spread out our years and we'll see who will be by the time Red Balloon come around. We had always been creating the whole time. But when it got time for us to get in the studio and be with these different producers and all these energies just flying around, we created literally brand new music from scratch just based on the vibes of the room. And you recorded it mainly at, at two different studios. Um, how much of it was recorded in, in New Orleans? Don't we feel like 50-50 more, like 45? Because we did a lot of, uh, even though we didn't do a lot of initial recording uh, in L.A. with some parts, we still did a lot of uh, post-production work here. And we did a few songs here. So I'd say about 50-50, same as you. Yeah. I agree. 61-39. <laughs> well, where did you start? Did you start in, in New Orleans and, and go to Los Angeles or vice versa? Yeah, yes. started there and then we went to uh, L.A. like two weeks and then we came back and we kind of worked on it and tweaked it up until the fall. Very, very cool. And Albert, I'll throw this one your way. Um, so did you enjoy the studio experience? Oh, my God. It was uh, a little surreal. It was, uh, you know, I spent the past couple of years 
getting comfortable in the studio. It used to be just wildly uncomfortable and scary for me. Um, but now I feel really a lot of uh, freedom. And this time we got to record a lot of this album in Earth, Wind and Fire's old studio Whoa. in Los Angeles. So there were definitely things in the room and in the spirit of the place that got into the music, got into the playing. And what's really cool is their live room is designed to make horns sound excellent. Now, as often happens, I was uh, shoved in a closet to record my parts. It's, <laughs> it just happens. It's what happens to the horn player. Um, but it was very cool to be like, I, I felt like there were, um, you know, there's so many members still with us, but I felt like there were ghosts in that place. You know, it was really cool. Excellent. And how about for you, Tank? Or, or did, did you in, enjoy this experience? Oh, very much so. Very, very, very much so. It just was it just felt good all the way through, you know. Um, and then I think our time alone in quarantine made us more comfortable in a studio, especially since um, we were we make fringos by ourselves in our own studios. So therefore, we just had a little bit more patience with ourselves, with each other, with the, um, you know, with the producers. And um, we just let the magic happen. And I just just more confidence before. I think it was a little harder for us to record. It took us a long time because we're. Everybody's a perfectionist in their own way, you know, in their heads a lot. Sure. We hoard a lot of music. <laughs> so for us to um, feel free and comfortable enough with the whole album and just let it go. And, you know, it's, just, it's a big step for us. And Josh, would you agree? Were you getting more comfortable as, as time went on and, and this project developed? Um, I think I'm always finding a new comfortable space, uh, even from uh, the beginning of our our stuff with like Think Tank and and even with Green Balloon and uh all the EPs we've done and Fringo's joints. I think it's always finding that new comfortable space because you're always trying to do something different, you know, but you don't want to be too uncomfortable just out there. So you all and and if you do, you're trying to find that space where you can find that that spot where you can at least wade in the water comfortably. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And for you, Norman? Yeah, it was it was just a, a cool vibe the whole time, you know, experiencing the studio there. Uh, even creating this whole album, you know, some stuff, you know, we, we felt stumped on at times, you know what I mean? So we'll put it on the back burner and make something else. But then at the right time, you know, we get around the right producer or the, the right moment and then the inspiration for the rest of the song will come. That was always exciting, you know, sometimes annoying, but mostly exciting. Um, also, just being in that atmosphere pulled some things out of us that we probably wouldn't have got out at home. You know what I mean? It's just um, it was a, a, an adult vibe there, like a, a 40 and over vibe. You know, we had to put our big brother brushes on and ain't nobody over 40. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we it was it was different, but it was great. It felt great. And um, we were proud of, we are proud of what we were able to accomplish on this particular album. Very cool. You, sh you should be. And um, Tank, how did the break in touring due to the pandemic play into the making of the album? Um, 
Hmm. I think honestly, it just made everybody just pretty excited and ready to just get back to work. And like I said before, we all had our we all had a chance to build our own studios and get more comfortable because sometimes we'll be in a studio. We're thinking twenty dollars an hour, forty dollars an hour, sixty dollars an hour. You know, it's getting high, you know, <laughs> let's carry it on, you know. And um, so it kind of puts the pressure on. But when you make your own studio, you feel more comfortable and you, and you try a little more things, you know. So um, that that break helped us out a lot. And we were a band that was touring so much. So the break was good for us. The break was really good for us. I can imagine with, with how hard you guys have hit it over the past few years. That makes sense. Um, you know, one thing that I've always been so fascinated by is the sequencing of albums. And this album has such a great flow. It's so cool. The uh, TATV, uh, little interstitials there. And um, I love that you have Wayne Brady making the in- introduction. Um, how did you go about sequencing the album, deciding what songs went where? Um, it was a lot of, uh, it, was, it wasn't a lot of it, actually. We, we, we have a, system now where we were able to just put it all in order and just actually for ourselves listen to it from start to finish in different orders that we heard and we kind of listened we were like oh we like the way that felt going this way or this way and at the same time we wanted to make sure that we didn't get to the point of treating it like i'm expecting to hear this next so it was like always trying to make sure you listen to it with fresh ears like you don't know what's coming next it's like mm-hmm. oh this feels good coming after this and I didn't know it was going to happen. You have to kind of keep that in mind when you're listening to, you know? Yeah. It was a lot of different sequencing. It yeah. was a lot of, who people don't know how much time that little, those little bitty things take. Oh my God. You got yeah. so many lists about which one is perfect for you. And half the time people don't even listen to your album all the way through. <laughs> so we're just hoping, please, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there already. I just sit alone sometime and I say, this is going to be an amazing album. It's going to touch many hearts, change many lives, especially ours for the positive, for the better. And because um, you you wanted to do that, you know, and I even say things like, this is a Grammy winning album. Yeah. It's a Grammy winning album. I say it. I was sure. Award winning album. Yeah. Award winning, multi-award winning album. I was sure hoping you guys would take home that uh, Best New Artist Award a few years ago, but it'll mean even more, I'm sure, when when you do take it home, because it's certainly uh, the best album I've heard this year. So uh, oh, um, yeah. thank you. Thank Stop you. it, Scott. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you. You worked with a number of producers uh, on the album. Um, Albert, how did you decide which producers to, to work with? How did that process go? Uh, usually uh, either the label or our manager has, sends us an email and we'll be like, hey, check out this person's work, uh, see what's going on, see if you like it. And then if enough of us were excited about it or even sometimes even, uh, you know, if, if one person's passion was just like, yes, this is the person, sometimes you give that person a shot. Um, you, if For the most part, we hopped on Zooms with the producers, checked them out, um, got a feel for each other. You know, we had some that we ended up not going with, I guess. I don't know. I guess the zoom didn't go right. Who knows? Um, but, uh, we did a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, digital long distance feeling each other out. And then, um, uh, and then, yeah. And then we'd link up and, and some, some of the stuff was just, uh, matches made in heaven. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, you know, Jeff Giddy, uh, Itai. Um, I mean, 
uh, Austin Brown, uh, you know, these people that we met, it was just like, you know, it was the right time. It was the right moment. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you bring up Austin Brown and um, Stolen Fruit is such an amazing track. And, uh, you know, my, my understanding is he, he co-wrote that is, 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 in addition to producing. Oh, yes. And, yes. Special. And, and Tank, can you give us an example of, of the, the band's songwriting process and just talk about how that song developed? Just going into their space, honestly, he invited me into their space, which was right next door to the producer we actually had been assigned to be with. And we just spent some time with him and we were just talking just regular human to human conversation and talking about even black people in America and what we're expected to do and the trauma that we all have faced and still having to go on and move on and still be productive and not really talk about our pain. Um, and and uh, then I remember he, I said, what are we going to write about? Just play the piano. And he said, how about we write about what we just finished talking about? And that's and it just came about just so beautifully, so effortlessly. And once we got that song going, I ran to the room. I said, "Yo, y'all got to hear what we just worked on in the room. It's so special." And then everybody added their flavor on well, it. Well, we had to come to that room to listen to it first because it was like you needed to hear it in there. It was really, really, it was really beautiful. Your roots be golden. Your new springs forth All that was stolen Now can be reborn So such a special track. And I love that it was released during Black History Month. Um, you know, I it's think that, very intentional. Yeah, very intentional. Absolutely. And um, you know, and and talking about what tank, which is what, what you were saying before, I mean, you guys put yourselves out there and you don't hold back. I mean, people tend to suppress their emotions. I tend to suppress my emotions, but but not y'all. I mean. Is that a, a conscious decision to to really, you know, be, be straightforward with your emotions through music? Oh, for sure. There's such power in the vulnerability about it. And we all just we always agree when something is real and true that we're talking about, you know, uh, we're like, yeah, that's that's true. That's just real. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Even when I first tracked Mr. Bluebell and everything was going on with um with uh, storming the Capitol, you know, and, and, and all the protests that was going on. It was just um in the Zoom meetings, all the teachers, all of it was crazy. And just to talk about it, it's just it's good to talk about. Like Mr. Bluebell represents the American white male and, and the privilege of it all. And just uh, but we thought it would be so cool to kind of tongue in cheek it and make it um just real old school, very milkman, you know, um very, very American pie. And just because it, it, it'll capture you first. But if you listen to the lyrics, everything is just so honest and so good it's just so good i i love i love the way that one came together hey mr blue bell with the soft white skin eagle tone and your pretty blue 
let you take a big bite. We'll have a conversation about the FDA, the capital, and how you got inside. This conversation won't go lightly if we refuse to look deep inside. Inside ourselves, there's so much left, there's so much there. You really don't care. Focus themselves, scrolling in depth, aimless and wander. Time on a shelf. When the years become days and the past is today, so easy to scroll all your problems away. Addiction's not mentioned, we plug our prescriptions. Yes, we do. And the phone is a gateway to help. 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 Absolutely. And, um, you know, one thing, you know, that, that really stood out to me outside of the lyrics and, and the honesty um, musically is the bass on the album. I mean, the bass is, is just slamming. I mean, you know, no ID in particularly that bass line just drives right, right at the heart. I, who, who played bass on the album? Jeff Getty did bass on no ID. Oh man, B Dub, Cali bass player, played bass player. He uh, played bass on Mr. Bluebell. That's why that one is smacking like that at the end. Uh, also, Oak Tree, another Jeff Giddy bass classic. Um, let's see. Oh, John's on Stolen Fruit. Yeah, John's on Stolen Fruit. And Communion. Oh man, Communion is a song that John and Tank wrote together initially before we, you know. Added up every all the other elements. Um, what other joints? Oh, I play a little bass on it. Uh, I did, um, I don't know why I tried something else, but um, man, who did bass oh. on uh, where do we all go? A tie, John and it's okay. Yeah, John wrote the line of top play. Matter of fact, I'm it was saying still John Stem. Regular bass and then a tie John's just, playing bass on there, and a tie's playing and a tie just uh, synth bass. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if if that was synth bass on there. Yeah, they have both of them. In there. combo, you know. And that brings me perfectly to my next question. I mean, there's such a great mashup of, of sounds on this album between uh, the the modern and I mean a, a, a song, a track like Anxiety. I mean, is just as such the the sound of 2022, you know, but. Then there's more throwback trucks tracks like we were talking about with communion in my cup. And is, is that representative of the music that you guys listen to? Josh, could you speak to that? Um, I would say, yeah, because we listen to so much, so much stuff, honestly. Like I listen to uh rap and rock and RB, and I also listen to classical. And, and movie soundtracks in the, in the same vein. So it's like, I have a very wide palette like everyone else in the band. And we all listen to so much different stuff. And I think um, the old school came out of the vintage vibes came out this round, which is really, really cool. Cause normally we feel like it, it makes you feel a little older, but you know what I mean? You know, it's cool, you know, it's a vibe. And how about for you, Tank? I mean, is, is this representative of, of what you're listening to these days? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, honestly, the main thing I've been listening to, honestly, is my own album. I drive around the city and I'm always playing like my own music because it feels so good. And I know it's not out yet. So 
nobody else is listening to it but me and it just feels so good really? and if i'm not listening to that you know um i'll be listening to some old school mixed with some new you know i like to get dressed listening to some horrible new age music that nobody can understand <laughs> but the beat feels good so it's, it's like you know it's it's encouraging you to get dressed and um and i like to listen to when i'm driving you know just you know, I just literally will get in the mood, like, let me put on an Anita Baker album, you know, just rant. My my taste, my taste be real random, depending on how I'm feeling. Like this morning, I was I was listening to um an all-white choir <laughs> singing, um, I may not be all that you are. It was so but it was just so beautiful. I listened to it like three, four times. So when you ask me what I'm listening to right now, it's just hard to pin it down. It's just it's everywhere. It's everything. And I think that's you know. Red Balloon in, is is everything and, and has so many tastes of everything. So that, you know, helps explain it. So thank you. Um, we, talk, <laughs> we talked earlier about Wayne Brady and, uh, you know, and he provides the the intro and helps get, get things rolling. How did he get involved in the project? Um, We hit him up on IG. Wow, that easy. Yeah. Oh, but it came before that. Good Lord, boy. Um, but we, we did, did. I did me. I did. Um, I like did a poem at a benefit for wrong. for people that was having problems with uh, um with, uh, depression. with depression and um suicide. It was and, and, and at this meeting, it was Wayne Brady and it was Merrill. It was Glenn Close and it was Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. It was freaking amazing. Oh, and Wayne Joe McHale me, was there too. <laughs> Yes, it was just, <laughs> and he was telling me how he was such a fan of taking advantage of his daughter was, and it was like pretty amazing because you never, you for some reason you just think that you're just out of reach and you would never reach some of these people, you know. And they like, I listen to your stuff, you're like, what? And the, the moment someone tells us that they're a fan, we in our minds we're friends and we could call in for favors, and uh, that's exactly so, yeah, what he that's, did. Yeah. yeah, Wayne Brady was in Hawaii at the time on vacation with his family, and wow. he made sure that he did that for us. It was, it was amazing. It was, yeah, it's perfect. It was no. How much instruction did you give him? Not a lot. We just told him kind of what we what we wanted to hear on the slick side, like an idea of it. And then he kind of gave us that and then some and then some and then some. So, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, man. And it was it was really cool. He's also singing on there, too. So, you know, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Dude, what track yeah, does he sing on? Yeah, definitely in the intro. Oh, okay. We yeah. really love to make you that, smile. In that, in that voices. Yeah. I was excited to get that from him too. It was really cool. And how about Quest Love? How did he get involved? Oh, he lost a drum solo uh, contest. We were drum battle. Yeah, I bet that's what I'm we were lucky enough to um um for Quest to see us at um at Brooklyn Bowl. We did a show, and right after Brooklyn Bowl, he does his famous DJ sets. And after he saw us, he posted "Tanking the Bangers is a religion." And we were like, like we saw Wayne. Does he's a friend? It's time to call in the favor. He like us. We like him. You know when the time is right. And after that, we had just so many um little moments with each other. We did the Roots picnic, mm -hmm. and we did Jimmy Fallon, where the Roots are the um the main band there. Mm -hmm. And I did his podcast as well. So we just knew that we were building a great relationship. What's up, all you cats and kittens? This is Quest Love, and you're listening to TATV. 
here is Why Try by Tank in the Bank. Flowers, just because it's Monday. Raindrops falling only one way. Callus was us missing the Roots picnic. It, it getting canceled while we were right there and about to perform. It was like it got canceled because they had something that happened or something. We you did remember? the Roots picnic the first time. Oh. That's um, what got canceled right before you're supposed to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Trumpo and Shorty, you guys have have a longer history with and. Um, again, what on a song like Cafe de Monde, uh, did you give him any instruction or did you just let him rip? Albert? Oh, man. I mean, I remember when he was recording his solos and stuff for Cafe du Monde. I don't think we were if there was any instruction, it was just kind of like, uh, oh, you know, maybe like build towards the end or something. But I mean, for the most part, we were just like, I mean when he took his solos i remember that night he was just he was just going for it and he was complaining because he was like oh i haven't i haven't played in a little bit but he was just killing it and we were like shut up you know um but then i think josh you cut the horns with him at his studio right uh yeah we cut the horns at his studio um and the only kind of advice we gave him honestly was the feeling we were looking for when we heard this song and and when we actually started creating it this way because originally it wasn't like this but when we started it was like man make it feel like earth wind and fire and so it gave us that whole that whole vibe there um and with all the horn lines and parts he he added some flavor i had some ideas but he really just made a lot of it come to life like for real yeah, he's so good and sensitive and just like tasteful. He's just his phrasing is he each each little thing. It kind of sounds like he's pre-prepared it and his interpretation is impeccable in the moment. And it, it started off like, all right, all right, check this out. I'm going to lay this part right down right here. And Paulie, Paulie, you can turn this part up right here. We're going to double this and you can triple this right here. I'm sit back. It's going to take me 20 minutes. I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's he's he's brilliant. And I love that, you know, and that brings us, you know, jam bass focuses mostly on on live music. And uh, you guys are such a great live act and have a number of dates with with Shorty this summer. Do you think we can uh, expect some collaborations? Very helpful. Very helpful. <laughs> yes. I think. Excellent. And uh, Norman, to you on the on the live end, um, we we've talked about how you guys played so many shows leading up to the pandemic that it was almost, a, a, you know, a, a good break and a good way for you guys to 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 get oh, oh, uh, have some time time apart and to to get off the road. And now 
coming back as as you build back to quote unquote normal um will you take your foot off off the pedal at all or um you know are you gonna take from that experience of going so hard and and maybe getting the lemonades out of the lemons of, of the pandemic and and perhaps go at it a, a, a little um le- less hard on the live end moving forward well scott we got a rule is is higher faster louder so <laughs> no nah, we're not letting up <laughs> makes good music no man I, real talk though scott we just gonna move with a little more wisdom you know we've been working hard but you know we plan on working smart we realized we were burning ourselves out we also realized we really love home so we need to um be strategic however there's way more work to do so we're not about to let up too much you can't expect that you shouldn't expect that we got a lot of music y'all haven't heard and way more music that we gotta create you know so and the beat goes on. No doubt. <laughs> and um, Tank, have you, I know you guys have started playing the songs live. How has the reaction been? Oh, it's so exciting. It's, it's scary to play the new songs live, you know, because you always got some fan in the back screaming, I want to hear Roller Coasters. <laughs> you know, you're just like, I want to please you. But um, I went to a concert recently and I heard him mixing his old with his new. And it gave me, um, it made me really excited to do these new songs for the fans. His fans was excited and I'm, I'm hoping ours will be too. I am I'm sure about that. I can't wait to see these songs live. And I, I saw that you guys um, have coming up are going to be playing the songs acoustic, which kind of blows my mind. Um, Albert, has the rehearsal process for that started yet? Um, not for if, if yeah, I think that's going to be at the listening party. But I mean, we've got, we've rehearsed a, a good deal of the album at this point. Um, we even got into some into some stuff just today we had a rehearsal and we got one together like with the with the full band um actually two i think we had we got together today with the full band um so yeah we're gonna we we've uh we've touched a lot of them and i mean i mean all of us have 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 touched them a lot and spent spent a great deal of time with the songs but you know once everybody who maybe wasn't involved in the making of the song gets in there then we gotta like you know dial it in but yeah that's that's a i I would say yes that we we've started playing the songs uh, getting our hands really into them, seeing how they're going to go live, you know, seeing what kind of things we could do. And are there still some that haven't been played? Uh, I'm taking it from this, the, what, what you've said, Albert, that there are some that haven't been played live yet as part of the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's a few that we haven't done live yet. Very cool. A lot of new stuff to to look forward to for everybody at the shows. Excellent. And as I said, you guys are going to be keeping busy. You got shows um, with, with, Big Frida and and with Trombone Shorty. Um, so it's a uh, busy summer coming up. And one show that you did play not too long ago was um, at a destination event um, at Wilco's Sky Blue Sky. Um, ha- how was that experience for you, Josh? You want to weigh in on that? Um, it was it was cool, man. They had a lot of people in the water. Uh, everybody was very, very, very uh, just open and live. The food was okay. The food was okay. <laughs> I had to walk very far for it. But the the show was a lot of fun to do because um, the vibes out there were magnificent on the beach. And Tank, did you in, enjoy that experience? 
Oh yeah, I loved being in my room. <laughs> I love, I love being in rooms, but that's just me. But it was beautiful out there. I mean, the skies, um, the place, everybody. It was just, it was beautiful. When we got on stage, we had a great time. I remember, I remember, um, thinking it just, it wasn't exactly what I thought it would be, um, but I, I still enjoy myself so much. Right, I, I was it, not expecting that. In what sense, guys? What, what, how was it different than what you figured it would be? Where were we at again? We were at the Sky Blue Sky on the beach. In, in, uh, in, in Mexico. Okay, I expect to see Mexico people. <laughs> sure, okay. This, yeah. this was an all-inclusive hard rock situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it I wasn't, wasn't, you know. I think to be able to <laughs> Well, first of all, there were a lot of Mexican people there. They were just all work. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, I, this is my thing. Number one, I just was not expecting to um, have the bar right outside of my room. Right? So as soon as you walk out, they're like, hey, sir, what do you want? It's very hard to walk past you every day and be like, oh, I'm nothing. Just right. Thank you. Yeah. I can imagine. And so um, Jazz Fest is coming up. Um, you guys are, are playing the, the fairgrounds. Um, Norma, let's go back to you. Um, how is it playing, playing the fairgrounds? What, what has your experience been in the past? Well, I'll say this. Um, Jazz Fest is a beautiful uh, opportunity to show the world what you got. You know, we were afforded that opportunity very early. And before we were tanking the bangers, they uh, had us tank, Terry on the tank ball and the Black Star bangers. Um, That was who performed Jazz Fest in like 2011 or 12 or something like that. But um, I don't know. The, the keep coming back is um, is great, you know, to be thought of, to, for them to you know think of us each year. It's amazing. Um, it's an honor, especially with us starting at an open mic. You know what I mean? So that's been cool. But um, I do have some requests, and um, I just no, I'm not even gonna go into that. But I, <laughs> I, I wish they gave a little more time for us to set up and get comfortable on the stage before we hit for y'all. Because sometimes we just rush up there and give it to you, and then. It's like, all right, that's over. But um, other than that, man, Jazz Fest is awesome, man. We're honored to do it. Do you find that's the case at most festivals? Nope. Okay. Not, not too many. Not too many. Some, for sure. But not most, I won't say. But um, Jazz Fest, for sure. <laughs> we be That was Sound Girl. I remember one year, she was still trying to plug in wires and stuff was mixed up. <laughs> she was just like, I don't know what you're teaching. <laughs> it was showtime. We were rolling. <laughs> oh man! But um, yeah, but, but, but I know what you mean by saying like no festival ever really gives you a sound check. You know they plug in to make sure those lines are straight, and you just have to go for it. You know um, but and and since we're tanking the bangers, we go for it every single time, and we're always happy when um any festival um asks us to come and allow us to come back and. We just want to always make sure that every that everything around the board is just a positive experience because we're trying to give our best. We really are. Yeah, we're hitting you with the open hand. Oh, my. <laughs> we certainly appreciate that. 
And and one last question um, uh, to to anyone who who wants to take this, I've seen you guys a couple of times, and the lineup has been different every time. Um, the, this this summer, you know, you got shows with with Trombone Shorty, let's for example. Um, who who can we expect uh, to be in the touring lineup playing with the four of you guys? It's Tank and One Spoons player. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I mean, just know that when we do this tour, it's going to be a couple of tours. Um, even our tank and the bangers and friends show with Tipitinas that we haven't announced the friends that we're going to do. It's going to be pretty amazing. Um, that's going to be right before Jazz Fest. And we have our listening party coming up. That's going to be pretty special. And, um, besides Trombone Shorty and Big Frida and the, um, and I think even, I even heard, I'm not going to say, cause I'm not sure if he's going to be on it. I don't want to put anything wrong. But Trombone Shorty's tour is, tour is going to be such big by itself. And I know that at the end of the year, we'll be in Europe. Um, things are still, you know, being worked out. But we always let our fans and friends know who we got coming with us. Yeah, because that Corey sh- show was really, really fun and unexpected. Everybody enjoyed that joint. Oh, yeah. With yeah. Corey Henry? Oh, yeah. yes, it was so special. Excellent. Very unique. Well, I thank you all for your time. As I said, Red Red Balloon is the best album I've heard so far in 2022. Comes out on May 13th. I'm excited for wow. everyone to hear it. And um, thank you so much for for your time. And uh, people, go get that album and, and go see Tank and the Bang is the spring and summer and beyond. Thank you, Scott. Man, yeah. thank you for real, and thank yo. you to anyone who listens or pre-orders or comes and sees us you know yeah, man, pre-order keep it going thank y'all man for real okay. Scott so really appreciate you man for real when Norman came in super hard yeah, thank y'all man yeah. for real that was a- <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is <laughs> man it's all love man thank y'all that's what I say episode of the jam base podcast thanks to tank and the bangas for spending time chatting with me be sure to pick up red balloon wherever you get good music this friday may 13th are you a new jam base podcast listener please subscribe for more fantastic interviews like this one and leave a review to let us know how we're doing finally thanks to jake alexander for producing this episode be well my friends and go see live music